Hello, film lovers. Well, it's been one hell of a year so far, but fear not. The cinemas have reopened, Hollywood has switched back on the cameras, and the streaming services are pumping out content like there's no tomorrow. If you need a shining light to guide you through the latest releases or help you discover a new classic movie gem, then you've come to the right place. We're back. Whap out those cinematic snacks and welcome to the return of the Films I Love Most podcast. Hello film lovers, yes we are back, welcome to the first episode of the return of the films I love most podcast, how are you all doing? I'm doing well, it's been a very eventful couple of months, the last time I spoke to you all I think was actually during lockdown in the isolation station, I've now moved out of London but I will be going back, don't worry. And yeah, I've got a nice little setup by the sea, which is lovely. I'm really enjoying it. Obviously, I don't have the studio that I used to have, so I'm very sorry for the varying quality in sound. But hopefully, after a couple of episodes, we will get it spot on perfect. And yeah, so how are you all doing? Have you been binge watching those Netflix series? Have you seen any good films recently? Please let me know on Facebook. You can contact us via the Films I Love Most podcast page or group, or you can just get on Film I Love Most podcast at yahoo.com and let us know if you've been watching anything interesting. We have a very interesting new setup for the podcast so we will be reviewing a movie from the cinema if we can't review a movie from the cinema we will be reviewing a movie from online streaming uh, so you can watch it and catch up on all those films that maybe you've missed we will be doing a classic movie for you to go back and watch either streaming it or maybe getting on to Amazon or eBay and picking it up on Blu-ray or DVD and we will also be obviously you guys are a huge part of this podcast so we will be finding out what films you love most so yeah thank you very much for joining me it's um really strange to be back um where are we now for his for historical record we are about to go into a three-tier system at the moment we i'm in tier one but could be going up to tier two at any time if you are in tier two or tier three at the moment and you're listening to the podcast my thoughts and feelings are with you i hope that these new um regulations that have come in are not causing you too much stress but you know when you're stressed and you're worried about something what is the best thing to do go to a world of escapism and how do you do that watch a good movie so welcome very 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 welcome you are to the new episode of the films i love most podcast and let's get on with today's show 
So we are back and it's very exciting to be back. I cannot wait to start talking to you about all the exciting movies and things coming up. It's going to be brilliant. And um, I'm sitting here with a coffee, no tea anymore and definitely no chocolate bourbons. I am on a massive health kick at the moment. So if you've decided to join us with bourbons, no, it's now carrot batons, I'm afraid. So let me just have a quick drink of this and then I'm going to give you some really exciting movie news so we all know that the marvel universe is just one huge great big juggernaut machine that disney have and there's so many releases that are coming out in the near future or maybe in the near future maybe not they might be releasing them on disney plus but there's some exciting news released today about the new spider-man 3 movie that it is going to feature two previous incarnations of Spider-Man. So it's going to feature Tobey Maguire, who was, if you remember, the original, and Andrew Garfield. Some sort of weird thing is going to happen. There's rumours that Doctor Strange might be involved to bring these incarnations of Spider-Man together using the Spider-Verse. Uh, theory which was used in of course um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse the incredible absolutely incredible animated film from um, last year or the year before I know it won the Oscar for best animated feature which it wholeheartedly deserved but yes exciting news that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are back as Spider-Man not confirmed just rumoured at the moment but that's something to get excited about. Next thing, um, Amazon. They've um, made some controversial decisions recently, i.e. making a Lord of the Rings series, which is costing them, I think, over a billion dollars. But I'm sure they'll make that back in revenue. But still, that's a hell of a juggernaut of a thing for Amazon to take on board. Um, but another thing they are doing is creating a TV series of I Know What You Did Last Summer, the famous 1999 smash hit starring Jennifer Love Hewitt and Sarah Michelle Gellar, of course known for Buffy. Um, I Know What You Did Last Summer is set to be filmed at the end of this year for a broadcast next year. How do you feel about that? There's a lot of TV uh, movies that are being made into TV series now. I'm not sure if I'm a fan or not. Um, I do love I Know What You Did Last Summer, though. Not because it's a great film, but because it's one of my childhood movies. Because growing up, those were the sort of films that I used to rent from Blockbuster. But, yeah, I Know What You Did Last Summer. What do you think about that becoming a TV series? If you've got any comments, of course, you can let me know on Facebook. Or you can contact us at filmmylovemostpodcast at yahoo.com. And last but not least... We are talking about Dexter. Dexter, the TV show from 2005, starring Michael C. Hall, who um, is an incredible actor, in my opinion. Absolutely brilliant. Saw him live on stage in the David Bowie musical Lazarus a year before last. Absolutely amazing performer. Uh, loved Dexter. Agree with everybody that the De Dexter finale was not the best ending ever to a TV show. So a lot of people, I think, are hoping that this reboot 
will make up for the ending that never was. So it is a De- it is a Dexter reboot. Um, there's mixed reaction to this online. Some people, <coughs> excuse me, are saying it's a dreadful idea, but um, it has been sort of demanded by Dexter fans for quite a, some time, purely to reboot that ending. I think that a lot of people weren't happy with it, and there was so much room left out, left open for him to come back and do something with that part. So I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that it, but that bringing Dexter back, they're actually going to do something interesting with it and not just rehash old ground like they did with the last sort of two, three seasons of the original show. But yeah, Dexter's coming back. I know what you did last summer. Two Spider-Men. I mean, I know it's been a terrible year, but they are really spoiling us. I am so excited about the film that we're going to be reviewing for the cinema this week. Um, I have seen this film twice now and I am absolutely obsessed. I'm going again on Monday. I think it is an absolute masterpiece. So I've sort of given a spoiler away for how I think the film is already. But this is the directing debut of Rose Glass, who... I must say, for a, the fir- for a first film, this is just absolutely masterful. It is stunning to look at. I don't think I took my eyes off the screen the whole time. It is visually an absolute feast, and I loved that. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's talk about the basis. So St Maud is about, it follows a sort of pious nurse who becomes dangerously obsessed with saving the soul of one of her dying patients there's so much more to it than that it is such a complex layered emotional film i'm a little bit i don't it doesn't sit easy with me that it is being marketed as a horror movie because i don't see it as a horror movie at all psychological thriller yes but i also think it has a lot of social issues like um loneliness that's a huge issue that it tackles it also tackles um depression especially depression within our um with our service workers for example nurses um etc i do think that it really does hit upon um the isolation that people work that work as nurses or in hospitals or for any other emergency service might feel if they if something ha- horrible happens to them and they are pretty much left alone to deal with it which is very clear what happens to Maud in uh, the beginning of the film i mean the opening sequence itself is pretty dark it starts off very much in the vein of the rest of the how, how the rest of the movie progresses but definitely there's a there's an element of abandonment that i felt with the character Uh, Morphid Clark, who plays Maud, I think, doesn't just play this character. She inhabits this character. She is amazing. There are rumours that she could be getting an Oscar nod. I think that she ultimately deserves it 100%. There are little things about her performance that I haven't seen in any other performance in any other film. She... I was having this discussion the other day with somebody about uh, Joker, how I don't 
necessarily like Joker as a film because I feel like I'm watching Joaquin Phoenix play the Joker I, all the time. I'm looking at his acting technique and, oh, isn't it really interesting how he's done that? Which took me out of the film. I couldn't really connect with it. Whereas Morphidge Clark in um, St Maud is completely the opposite to that. I think if I saw Morphid Clark walking down the road, I'd be terrified of her because I can't separate her from the character of Maud because she plays and inhabits it so much. She's absolutely incredible. The loneliness, the subtleties in her character. There is one scene where she is trying to warn off um, a friend, or shall we say, um, I think she's a prostitute, but uh, um, someone who is involved with her, with Maud's patient, who she feels shouldn't be because she feels that they're being led slightly astray. So she decides to warn this girl off, and it is um, an absolute brilliant scene. Like the language, the script, the performances, both gel together so well. And also, I love that Rose Glass uses quite. Um, subtle humour in it as well there are some moments that really did make me laugh when I wasn't expecting it which is what I love about this film as well things happen when you least expect it when you think uh, you, that you should be scared and you know hiding under a cushion you're laughing so it really takes you in unexpected directions which I thought was great Jennifer Ellie which who plays um, Amanda the patient one of my she's a great actress anyway I think I've seen her in so many things, but I think the last thing I saw her in was probably the Spooks, um, the Greater Good movie, where which she was excellent in that. Um, she's in she's been in lots of things before though. Um, Zero Dark Thirty, she was in. She's done Pride and Prejudice. She's been in a lot of really really good things, and her performance in this is so interesting I think that you could probably do a whole character study about any character in this film but what I really liked about her character was that she's dying but you can't but it's almost like Maud is offering her something to believe in something to comfort her in her dying days but she doesn't want it she's pushing it away she's rejecting it so it's really interesting to see like how that character is responding to Maud's obsessive religious views because you'd think that in someone's last days or if someone was suffering so much that they would embrace that but she doesn't and I find that really really interesting and I do think it's because uh, she's obviously uh, a gay she's obviously gay and she has quite a flamboyant or has, has had a flamboyant um, lifestyle so therefore she doesn't she finds it very difficult to connect with something so pious as religion that's just my view but yeah I find that character so interesting also let's go back to Maud Maud's um ultimate um journey through the film for me is so well performed that I think you could watch that film and think you were watching a documentary it is absolutely brilliant and the use of music is also one of the things I really liked about it. It is doom laden, absolutely doom laden, the soundtrack. You know, you just know that things are happening at any second and you don't really expect them, but you know that there's something, there's some undercurrents, there's something happening underneath that is really dark and disturbing. And, you know, it, religious fanaticism isn't really something that you see in um, 
a movie like this sold as a horror movie, you'd think it would be more um, leaning towards the demonic, but it's not. Her her pure devoted view of religion is is strong. She really believes it, and it does come from wanting to belong somewhere, wanting to someone to care for her because she is so lonely and there's a scene that she has with um lily knight lily knight's character joy where they have a um she is a nurse that used to work with maud and they're old friends and she was taught they're having a conversation and she says that she apologizes to maud for not being there after the incident happened now it's the incident's only touched upon very lightly within the film but there's this moment where it's almost an admission that they should have been there for her Maud should have been looked after and cared for and um, had some support but they it wasn't there she was left to deal with this situation all by herself and that has created this mistrust this loneliness in that character which has now driven her to religious fanaticism and that's where we sort of join her at the beginning of the film um mentioned the music the camera work is phenomenal you won't see anything like it this year um it comes from a24 the distribution film studio um which also is famous for midsummer hereditary the witch some of the big groundbreaking horror movies of the last sort of five years so you you sort of expect something special but I didn't expect it to be that special and that good and, and it is an absolute masterpiece now St Maud is being shown at quite a few cinemas across the country because obviously there is limited movies out at the moment so therefore it is getting a wide cinema release which um, I'm really glad about actually it's probably one of the good things that has come out of um, the lack of blockbuster movies coming out that some of the smaller films are getting wider releases I don't think that St Maud would have got a wider release if it hadn't been for the fact that um, James Bond was pushed back to next year so I'm actually really thankful for that because I do think that a lot more people need to see this film if you don't like horror movies don't worry it's not overly graphic it's not got a lot of blood and gore it's pretty much a character study of two women and it's and it's all psychological and it's all just amazing performances you will not see anything like it this year so St Maud is out now go and book your tickets go and watch it it's a it's Halloween in a couple of weeks it's a really nice precursor to Halloween, warm you up for when you go back and watch, I don't know, some something on Netflix to truly terrify you. But St Maud, for me, is a modern classic and I'm giving it 10 out of 10. Dear God, your presence graces the air and soon everyone will see. Hi, are you Maud? Yes, hi. It takes nothing special to mop up after the dying. You're prettier than the last one. But to save a soul, that's quite something. Bless Amanda's body and bless her mind, which is shrouded in darkness. When you pray, do you get a response? Oh, it's like he's physically in me. It's how he guides me. My little saviour. 
I thought that was you. What are you up to? I'm a private carer. You're still nursing? What? And they know what happened. All the good girls go to hell. Cause even got herself. I just want to see you loosen up. I've got more important things on my mind. <laughs> There's my little face. Maud, he isn't real. <laughs> Nothing worthwhile comes easily. You must be the loneliest girl I've ever seen. I'm ready and open. I feel fuller of your love than ever before. I have a responsibility. Oh, yes, of course. This is life and death on another level. I'm getting it all wrong. All the good girls go to hell. Now it's time to find out what film you love most and we have a very special guest on the podcast this week we've got chris jarvis a presenter that some of you might know he has worked on children's tv for many many years um starting in the broom cupboard with zoe ball and i remember him on play days when i was younger watching him in that show brings back so many memories he's also been in the demon headmaster and he's worked on cbb's for many many years so let's find out what chris jarvis's favorite film is my most favorite film of all time is probably entertaining mr sloan based on a play by joe orton it's a stunning play a very clever play and uh, makes for an incredible film too with a cast led by beryl reed There is no one you wouldn't want in that film. They're just superb. Each actor brings so much to it. Um, I also like the black comedy films, such as The Killing of Sister George, also with Beryl Reed, and Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Modern movies, I tend to go for comedies. I think the in-betweeners films were very well done and superbly acted and written. And um, going back in time, films like The Rising Damp Film, all the carry-ons are wonderful. I've got a bit of a silly sense of humour. So anything that makes me laugh, not really a film buff, but if I'm forced to watch one, I'd normally go for a comedy. So, So there you have it. Entertaining Mr. Sloan. If you've never seen it before, I can heartily recommend it's it's a very clever, clever play and a brilliant film. So we swear and we strain entertaining Mr. Sloan. Kath was the first to realize Mr. Sloan's potential. What a smooth skin you have on you. Hey? Entertain Mr. Sloan. Go on, give him the benefit of your experience. But Dada wasn't at all keen on entertaining Mr. Sloan. You! Who told you to take in lodgers? Well, I needed a bit extra. You know what they say about landladies. And then Brother Ed saw the light. That must have been a rotten life for a kid. Being an orphan. Don't take any money from him. I'll pay. He's going to work for me. Can I buy him a shirt? 
Buy his own clothes, making yourself look ridiculous. Entertaining Mr. Sloan became a fiercely competitive struggle. Quite eminent about the waist, as I expect you've noticed. Women are like banks, boy. Breaking and entering is a serious business. I wonder, Mr. Sloan, if you'd take your trousers off. With me behind you, boy. You go out of it. Thank you very much for that, Chris. That was very much appreciated. And you can watch Entertaining Mr. Sloan now on Amazon Prime. So we are on a run-up to Halloween. So for the next couple of weeks, our classic films are going to be Halloween-related, although I think I might just mix it up next week just so that you non-horror fans out there don't feel like I'm being, you know, prejudiced against you. It's just that as a, if you're a long-term listener to the Films I Love Most podcast, you will know that I am a horror film fanatic but we're going to go back to 2015 so it's not an actual proper you know old school classic this is quite modern and we were talking about it earlier when I was talking about St Maud and A24 the studio this is the film that sort of broke through and made A24 a studio that was being recognized as the modern classic horror distributor which was brilliant and it is The Witch directed by Robert Eggers and starring just probably one of the best casts um, a horror film has ever had you've got Anya Taylor-Joy got Ralph Innocent, Kate Dickey you've got all, all these amazing actors in this really well executed thriller now it's got um a tagline so the tagline is a new england folk tale so it is set sort of in the i think it's like the set up 17th century is that what like yeah 17th century so a family in 16 in the 1630s in new england are torn apart by the forces of witchcraft black magic and possession again this is a re- this is a film that was marketed as an all-out horror film but it's really not in the same vein as st maud really this film is a slow-burning psychological terror fest in a way that it is the human actions which are actually more horrific than the supernatural actions. So there is a witch in this. There is, as the title says, the witch. But it's not who everyone thinks it is. So um, Tomlinson, who's Anya Taylor-Joy's character is very much put upon by her family she's the eldest child her parents William and Catherine have have sort of left a village they've had a disagreement with the like the village council at the beginning of the film and they've had to leave and I think it's um, the father William's pride which has really caused this massive sort of family upheaval and they are banished from the village and they have to go and set up on their own. And they do. They make this lovely little cute cod like little house and they have animals running around and they are set up outside just on the outskirts of a wood. Now, guess who lives in the wood? Yes, it is the witch. Um, quite near the beginning of the film, uh, the baby, Catherine's baby, is taken by someone unknown um, she was being looked after by Tomlinson at the time. So when the baby goes missing, 
obviously family suspicions fall on her quite early on and then you have the younger siblings all think that Tom, uh, Tomlinson is a witch so that causes a lot of tension this is a really religious film like and it's not you know love thy neighbour it's hate thyself there's a lot of self punishment deprivation a lot of you know we will fast tomorrow because to make us think about our sins and it's really you know old testament stuff and it's quite you know grueling to watch sometimes um you just think to yourself my goodness these people did not have very fulfilling lives because they were again you know more connections with saint maud you know maud's um character in that film she is um repressed and she feels she's very narrow-minded she has a mission she feels like she has a mission from god Again, these characters in The Witch, they do feel like they are servants of the Lord and therefore susceptible to um, um, superstition and which brings about the downfall of the family. I will not give anything else away about the plot because if you haven't seen it, it is a roller coaster ride. The thing I love about The Witch is it's sort of... Uh, grey sepia tone um, you really feel like the film is dirty and it's and it's you know you're, you feel like you're if there was cameras around in those times you feel like you they would be the film would be filmed like that you know it's very grey there's no there's hardly any bright colours it's very how probably they see the world you know as sinful and and dull that's how it looks but it's not dull when I say dull I just mean you know because their lives are given up to subservience and the, ten the, the tension in the film all comes from the fact that you know what's going on the, the dramatic irony from the very beginning is there and you know that it's absolute hogwash what is happening you know that Thomason is not a witch you know that there is somebody in the woods who is um uh, who is a witch and is causing all of these events to occur but when you have two people like Catherine and and William the mother and father who are so closed-minded you know things just spiral out of control because of their lack of understanding and their lack of um, empathy towards anybody really they don't even have much empathy towards their children so it all ends in a way that I can't really tell you because I don't want to spoil the film but what I will say is that the message for me of the witch is that um, in in some ways you can link it to a modern teenager the more you push against somebody the more likely they are to become what you're pushing against so if you're telling somebody you know don't do something don't do this don't do this don't do this you're they're more than likely to go out and do it because it's an act of rebellion and i think that in some ways um annie taylor joy's character is pushed so far by the end of the film that where she ends up is there as an act of 
rebellion and a bit of an fu to her family which have caused her so much misery so if you want to know what i'm talking about you can watch the witch on amazon prime i think you can rent it for 1.99 at the moment and i think that is an absolute bargain because it is again a horror classic so get over and watch the witch if you dare what went we out into this wilderness to find leaving our country kindred our father's houses for what for the kingdom of God. Let us pray. this family. So that is all we have time for on this week's episode of the Films I Love Most podcast. But don't worry, because next Friday we will be back. We will be reviewing Rebecca, which is being released on Netflix on the 21st of October, directed by Ben Wheatley and starring Army Hammer and Lily James. Cannot wait for that. And also we will be looking at an absolute classic film from Bill Forsyth starring Burt Lancaster. If you don't know what it is, I will tell you next week. Thank you very much for joining me here at the Films I Love Most podcast, and I hope you have an amazing week. Mwah. 
Thank you for joining us here at the Films I Love Most podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Just search Films I Love Most podcast. And you can also email us your own reviews and recommendations at filmilovemostpodcast at yahoo.com. Stay safe, wear a mask and BLM. And we'll see you next week here on the Films I Love Most podcast. Oh,